Live from Toronto and online via thecomicden.com, this is episode 49 of the Anime Roundtable Canada. For Friday night, May the 23rd, 2008, good evening from Anime North, I'm Mike Nicholas. Tonight we'll revisit the Makoto Shinkai discussion in light of the North American release of 5cm per second and wonder about his place amongst anime directors right now and perhaps in the future. Then we'll give some thoughts on the Animania documentary that was taped here two years ago and aired here in Ontario earlier this year. Then maybe some bullets and of course the obligatory impressions of day one. That's coming up next. The opinions expressed in the following are those of its participants and do not necessarily reflect those of the producers and the comic den Mississauga. Also, the following contains mature material and mild language which may not be suitable for all audiences. Discretion is advised. Reporting disaster again this year. We're looking at the same cast we did for the first show last year. You know, the one that we that never made it to the air, on air. So, um... I don't know. Maybe that's a sign. I hope not. I hope it's a good sign, actually. Please don't say that. No. Anyway. I need to tell you, Mike, it's unplugged. Which is unplugged? Everything's unplugged. We're not actually recording. <laughs> he's just trying to unnerve you. Yeah. Or, well, he's doing a good job already. <laughs> um, there isn't really an audience. We hired these people. And the, 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 everyone in the audience uh, already regularly see this show. Anyway. Um, so to everyone here who's in the room tonight at this late hour, it's almost midnight. Thanks for coming out, coming out to see us and choosing us over things like the music video contest, the J-Rave, the comedy cabaret, and the Nomanoichi. Especially the Nomanoichi, because I'd probably be, be there instead of doing this. And the Silent Hell panel. Yeah. Don't tell them what they're missing. Huh? <laughs> Don't tell them what they're missing. Oh, yeah. Hey, Neil left for that. Oh, yeah, Neil left for one of the panels? Yeah, Silent Hell panel. <laughs> this is already, we're already off He's to a great start. He's going to find out the secrets of Silent Hell 5 that we all want to know about. And he plays it? <laughs> Never mind. No, it's going to come out in September, unless oh. they delay it, which is probable. But probable. In any event, okay, it's a great pleasure to be here again taping for a second year in a row. It's even better that I'm not doing this alone, so... As you can see, this is a special occasion, so we decided to get dressed up for it. Going once around the table, immediately to my right, James Austin, uh, Angela Jordan in the center, and Mohamed Shamarki to my far right. Uh, let's see. Um, oh yeah, I guess I should give an explanation as to wh where we are. Uh, first of all, last year we taped in the con suite, which was pretty much a disaster. But we, I, and and uh, and I and I might have been the only person who wanted to go back in there, but we couldn't get it this year, because um, if you're passing by the con suite, which is the terrace that overlooks Dixon, you'll probably know that there are various cafes going on this weekend. Not the least of which is a maid cafe. I think we and, and we were given the initial offer to tape in the midst of the maid cafe, which I said no. Don't tell Adam. So, <laughs> he already knows. Uh, yeah, he will in a couple seconds. And um, so, that's, so that's that. So let me give you a sense of where we are right now. Um, this is the New York room in the Doubletree Hotel. Uh, well, obviously one of the two venues for Anime North. Or three venues. Um, yeah, this is video room. Uh, the New York room doubles as video room number four. And... The only thing you have to know about the, this room is it's one of the more cozier video rooms. And as up until maybe a couple years ago, this was the home of Yaoi North yep. before they banished it to the uh, Renaissance. <laughs> Am I choosing my words right, right here? I guess is it is a Renaissance word? in Yaoi. Yeah. <laughs> in more ways than one, huh? The thing is, like... And, and they're with the video gamers, too. Yeah, with the video gamers maybe and the Nomanoichi's like, going on there. Uh, I mean... So, I mean, if, if people want to take the journey there, there it is. Um, so, there's that. Uh, first things first, also, let's give a quick weather update. If, um, as you can see, it's, it was pretty pleasant for much of the day, and I'm going to let everyone here know now it's only going to get warmer So as the week goes on. This is going to be awesome. according to the uh, weather <laughs> forecast. So it's going to get like, slightly warmer tomorrow, even, warm, uh, even warmer after that. And then, and then, for some reason, Monday it'll start going down. We're looking in the. I think we're going to be in the late teens tomorrow, early twenties. Early twenties on Sunday. Excuse me. Which will be good for staying outside, you know, the Harveys mm -hmm. on Sunday. <laughs> because um, you know, it, you know, as God, as God, as in their great wisdom, they decide to uh, have a free hamburger day, and again. again, and you know, one of the venues is in between 
the Congress Center where the dealer's room is and here at the Doubletree. So people will be going past that. Hope they didn't see the signs. God help them. And uh, prayers, they probably and prayers in advance for prayers in advance for the um, employees. employees there on Sunday. Why don't we just walk through the drive-through? <laughs> walk through the drive-through. That's cute. <laughs> yeah, it could work. It could work. Yeah. Um, anyway, so I guess uh, before we can before we really get going, um, it is the end of day one. So any impressions? Who wants to go first with the impressions? Or should I just give mine because I got here late? Personations or impressions? Impression, uh, impressions of day one, the convention. Well, or should I just? We're all mute. Oh, God. <laughs> We're enjoying this I mean, so much. OK, OK, I guess I s- um, James. So uh, let's see. Should we talk about you uh, destroying the sanctity of uh, a certain Japanese guest of honor's panel? What did I do? Oh, yeah, the cell phone. Yeah, 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 okay. yeah, I remember now, huh? <laughs> oh, no. After you apologized to her in her good graces. Yeah, she okay. Um, you. Oh, yeah, happens? we uh, James and I ha- attended the Halko Maomori um, Q&A earlier. Sorry about the feedback. Um, and what were your impressions, first of all? Of um, well, first of all, of course, she was late, but I think it was very understandable <laughs> due to, well, she, like, at the very beginning, it, she's like, what the hell is going on? It, it, it just, she was confused, and I think it was like they probably scheduled her for a panel, mm-hmm. and she either probably forgot or was trying to get some rest because she said, yeah, she's been out and about to Castle Loma, practicing, doing yeah. all that stuff. But I do admit, I liked her uh, gothic uh, Lolita costume. It was very uh, nice. I'm sure pictures. It's, it's a very different uh, thing that, than we're used to seeing. Pictures uh, will be online, I'm sure. Uh, I, I didn't get too many. I had to get my. I had to like leave in the middle to get my camera, and I should have hit the silencer on my cell phone at the time. Uh, any insight though? Like, is there a, like a few things popped out at me? But was there anything in particular that popped out to you at the, oh, during that Q and A? Most of it was pretty standard. It was interesting to see like the fan club, like some people from Japan, up front and stuff like that. Because one guy I tried to get, and I think he was from California. Mm-hmm. Try and speak a little bit better into the mic. Speak better you're into not... the mic, huh? Are we getting no. feedback still? Yeah. Yeah, we're still get- well. For starters, we're getting feedback, and I'm not so sure we're getting you. For start, for uh, uh... not getting me. Well, here, let me turn this up further. Oh, that's even better. Let us destroy the audience's yeah. We're uh, gonna destroy the audience's hearing. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> the okay. curse is always coming back, well, James, and it's faced the right way too. James, uh, James, by his own nature, isn't a loud talker for starters. So, mm-hmm. so um, we have to put put more sensitivity into his microphone than usual. Are you trying to say I'm a little sensitive, Mike? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so nothing popped out at you. Um, no, nothing really. Like most, of it was just standard questions: how she got her ideas and all that stuff. And then we had, uh, how do we say? Uh, oh, why is my brain shutting off? I'm staring at him at, at this moment. Okay, you want me to just give mine, or and then we'll just see what. Why am I staring at him? And my names are just losing me. Well, because, what? Oh, I, I, my short-term memory's gone. Okay, as well, I'll, I'll go. I'll go two. I'll I'll, t- I'll, I'll I'll take two. One was uh, Dean's question. He's in the audience oh, yeah, too. Dean's, yeah, Dean's Dean question. asked uh, Momori about um, doing covers, and her approach being different. And well, she just said uh, she just uh, voiced a general like for doing them, right? But um, it, it, she just voiced that she'd like to do more of them, and uh, and he has, and there are more than, more than a couple then of cover asked, albums. Uh, Dean, his opinion of which cover she should do. Yeah, Lucky which, Star. The Lucky yeah, Star. I think you got a good kick out of that. Which yeah, everyone got a kick. Everyone got kicked out of that out one. Of that. The other one was more interesting, and that was in relation yeah, to, um, that was in relation to Anime Expo and her experiences there. And yeah, I was, it was that was a touchy question. That was a touchy question. That I thought was it would be a touchy question. I but thought she, it was a very Japanese answer to tell you the truth. What yeah. did she say? She said she pretty much smoothed things over. And actually, um, and there was a gift giving. There, oh, yeah, and that's the, a Japanese if, thing if, to say. If, if you want to catch <laughs> my drift. Yeah, but she said like there were a number of the organizers later on would visit her, visited her back in Tokyo, and you know they pretty much smoothed things over. So oh, that's she good. hopes to return. She had a rough time. So at least according to all the reports, I don't know particular like. Obviously, we didn't know what it was like being there for her, so yeah. like walking through her shoes. But you know, there's a uh, I guess the interest in that. Okay, so there's a uh, Momori. Well, we gave our impressions. Uh, wait, Mohammed, what time did you oh, get here? Right. Um. Yeah, I was here pretty early, like three o'clock. But then, like, for some odd reason, around four o'clock, I got some calls from some people. Like, you might want to pull your microphone a little closer, oh. by the way. Can you hear me now? 
Oh, I can hear you, but I, I, can, we can, can hear everyone you. hear me now? Yeah, it, no, it's more into the... Some... So like I said, um, around 4 o'clock I got some calls and kind of had to leave and then I didn't get back till like 10. Yeah, so until I, just I before missed, we started. like the whole started. first day, That's which, which really sucked, but I'll get all tomorrow, you know, and hopefully... Well, yeah. Uh, anything, what did you see? You didn't see anything? I, I mean, I, for the time I was here, you know, a lot of costumes, a lot of cosplay. Got some pictures and then had to go. On that note, um, Angela is dressed up. Yeah, I'm Yomako-sensei from Gurren Lagann. It's Yoko when she becomes a teacher. I'm wearing mm-hmm. that outfit. Okay, so her, uh, yeah. I found the con a bit surprising so far because I got the impression that Gurren Lagann was a really popular show, just from, like, the hype online, and it just seems really popular. But there's no merchandise, and there's hardly any cosplay at this con at all. So I found that really surprising. A bit of a surprise? Yeah. Hmm. It's just well, the, the usual. Just picked it up. Yeah. yeah, Bandai just picked. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. You have a reaction to the Bandai uh, pick, to to the sudden relicense or well, li- relief, sudden? but also I, I don't know. I think it's weird for ADV. Like something must have happened. Yeah, I, I mean, we discussed it last time. We just thought, okay, something had to go overboard, and I guess Gurren Logan ended up being supposedly it. Supposedly last week at Ace and uh, Bandai, they supposedly said that basically ADV and uh, what was it? Uh, the Japanese was it Aniplex or who was it that was uh, involved? I, I would have forgotten. But uh, both of them decide to agree just not to go any further and disband. That's oh, that was it? Decide. Yeah, that was the answer Bandai gave, and they just decided to go after it, obviously. It was probably a pretty expensive acquisition for ADV. Well, for ADV, they had to decide a couple things. One, yeah. like, I mean, obviously, maybe they, they, there wasn't enough money, so they had to decide what would make them the most. Yeah. And with Devil May Cry still on the ta- very much on the table for them, and you they know. already released that's one. And already volume. released a volume. It's more of a moneymaker. It's more likely for, to be, at least, because it, it has certainly... And they already were it. involved with marketing with Catcom. It's like, are you going to take them off after they did all that stuff for Devil mm-hmm. May Cry 4? Yeah, so they can't. They really couldn't. So that was the... Uh, sorry, no way. I'm going to back up my microphone. Uh, um, so, and the other questions now for Gurren Lagann is... Oh, yeah, by the way, uh, the odd releases. Like, I think they'll go sub only over the summer and then re-release it so again with the dub. Yeah, the, the, the bilingual release beginning of n- next year and then uh, July, August, September, three releases for the full series. But the first July, it looks like there's a special edition. I'm not sure if it's the CD opening. I don't know. It's I'm not sure. CDs. But it's an odd approach they're doing. But it's like 30 bucks for nine episodes or uh, 40 bucks for the nine episodes with the CD. I hope it works for them. But it depends, like, what you want. It's either bare bones subtitle release or bilingual maybe some extras on the table as well yeah so there's um that's that oh the the other announcement and this is a this is this came out earlier today at the uh, bandai panel and there's a lot that happened to bandai today and we'll get to that in the probably later this weekend but of note for gurren login is um gynax representatives of gynax were at fanime in california today and they announced that there will be two gurren login movies Two Gurren Lagann movies. Yes. So, uh, no more details. They just said, they just confirmed that they they will be worked on. So, um, no other details at this point. Maybe that's why they're all in uh, San Jose to get the inspiration, as they said. Yeah, or just to get a uh, a moral push. I don't know. They got to be busing them to that con or like putting them up in one small motel. Like, (laughs) think how many people that is. Like that's uh, I don't massive. know how, and well, think we don't how know many translators you need to get. Well, we never we don't really know the numbers, so you know. I think it was do? around forty six at the least, and that was the small figure. Really? Yep, forty six. That's that's like that they brought like the almost everyone, and most of them they said was like pretty young, around twenty six or so. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Okay, so all right. I don't know what to say. It looks like it looks looks like but they decided to break the budget. Somebody decided somebody's budget was broken on that. Mm-hmm. So. Okay, well, there's that. Well, let's see. I guess we should go. Yeah, I guess we should. We should get right to it. We have a little bit of time. Um, and we have much to talk about. So we should. I guess we should actually get to the topics. So way back in episode nine, we talked about Makoto Shinkai. You know, the director of titles like Voices of a Distant Star, She and Her Cat, and Place Promised. Uh, we talked about Shinkai's current place amongst anime directors today and wondered if he was on the same level as names like Otomo, Khan, Rintaro, and of course the big M. Mm-hmm. Never mind. Uh, you don't, <laughs> I don't need to go on on that one, right? Uh, all this was just before Shinkai's most recent work, 5 centimeters per second, was released in Japan. 
Of course, since then, it has come out in, on DVD here in North America back in March. Mm -hmm. And with it, I have decided to ask again. Now that enough of us have seen Five Centimeters, uh, where does Shinkai stand amongst the top directors in the industry? Um, should we get general impressions of the, like your general impressions of the movie? I mean, I've, I've said a lot, enough. Uh, I think I've said a lot, so I think we'll move it on to these two. You want to start? I think Shinkai's in a, in a strange position if he's going to be placed in with these other top directors because he's not really doing the same things as them. Um, I tend to think of him more as an artist, like working on his own. I think it's his independent approach, but also the way he puts things together. Like just He has a, a very specific look for what he wants in his movies and what he wants his movies to be about mm -hmm. that's different from, say, Khan, who's able to do vastly different things. Still along maybe a same subject, but he has a lot more breadth than okay. Shinkai. So, I don't know, I find Shinkai very limited. Shinkai at this point in time? At this point. I don't think he's really stepped outside himself yet. And yeah, that he, might he be... He needs to, to do other things. He probably hit a lot, hit quite a bit of it in there at that point. Um, James, you want to repeat yourself first? Like, um, I mean, we talk, as I said, you know, might as well just remind everybody here, and I'll, I'll, do, it, I'll do the same too. And speak up, for God's sakes. Reach up, up. Yeah, yeah, actually, um... Okay, um, what can I say that I haven't already said before? Like, I would say I would agree with Angela in regards to him, like, not stepping on his own um, circle of what he's been used to doing based on relationships and stuff like that, but he pushed it more, I think, in five centimeters than any of the previous uh, ones he did before. It was more relationship-focused, and I thought it was a lot a more personal story, in my opinion, and there was... A lot of like beauty and art in it. it was more an artistic work you could tell from every scene and every object that was animated in the movie like it was you could almost feel the world especially when they're in uh, the subway station the busy uh, subway station and how it felt looked and smelled almost okay yeah when I yeah you know what I mean like you know, that's I mean, what he brought he, he brought it things better. to life he brought a, he brought evoked a lot more emotion than I think in in his past movies and he was good at it in the first place mm-hmm so that's, I mean, that was to his credit in five centimeters. I mean, because he took out a lot of the, you know, a lot of the sci-fi slants, or the fantasy slants, or more sci-fi, I guess, uh, the more sci-fi slants and tried to just take it strict relation, on a strict relationship level, you ended up feeling that a lot more than you did in his previous works. And they were there in his previous works, in his mm -hmm. previous, at least, Voices and Place Promised. But you feel it even more because he took away those those aspects. Yeah, it's like Place Promise is so clearly about what, it's like everything that is in his other works have been condensed into five centimeters, I think. It's like just boiled like, down. yeah, boiled down. And yeah. th this is like the essence of what he is about. But I don't know, I don't think that's enough to place him as a top director. Mm -hmm. I think as an artist, that places him as a top artist. But like a, a director's a totally different thing, I think. Okay. Mohammed? Um, you know, honestly, I, I've only saw Five Centimeters like two days ago, and uh, I, I don't know what to say. I mean, it was, first of all, it looked amazing. I mean, and then I, I checked out some of the other stuff he did, like um, the one with the, uh, the cat. I mean, I yeah, she and her I cat. Out, I checked that one out. It, it looks, it, his work looks really nice from an artist's point of view. Um, Story-wise, I mean, the whole relationship was, like, it was, it was almost moving, the whole like, train station scene. I was very moved by that. If, if anything, uh, I'm not too familiar with this. Whoa. Sorry, <laughs> I, I'm not. I'm not too familiar with his uh, past work. But um, like I said, I, I read into him and, and saw that communication, especially between the two uh, lead characters, is done a lot in his past work, especially. Yeah. Yeah. That's a common theme That's he uses. Common. And like, I mean, if he's comfortable with that, I can understand it. I mean, go for it. It's not going to fail you. Obviously. I mean, he's been working from till now. But I mean. If you were to do something, I don't know, out of the norm, like, I don't know, a horror movie of some sort, or a horror anime of some kind, then, you know, maybe, who knows. Yeah, yeah I think, you, well. He can't do any other movies besides what he's been doing with his approach. Like, he couldn't do a horror movie. No. Like, at least at this, that, That's no. severely limiting for him. For yeah, I think the, the one thing, and this is his, like, his strength is, like, to me, I, I, I've always viewed his strength as you know, strict emotion, strict love story. Yeah. Like no matter how much, like how badly chronologically, uh, uh, chronologically confusing a story tends to be for him, tends to be a, 
And this happened to me, like, this is my impression certainly of um, Place Promise to many extents, to a maybe to a lesser extent, Voices of the Distant Star. Like, he has a, he has his, the time frames just have a habit of jumping around. Mm -hmm. And then, but because of the sheer emotion of, of, his, of the relationships involved, he's able to, for the most part, almost part, save it. And you ended up seeing that even more so with, um, with, with uh, Five Centimeters. Yeah. Because, I mean, this, the, the movie takes, the one hour movie, and this must be, and I'll, I'll note this later on, the one hour movie takes place in three different times, and I think the first and last part are at least a decade apart, at least, probably yeah. even more so. Um, and and there and um, they and then the second part takes place what, in what would have been their like their sec, uh, their first or second year of high school. So and there's no there's nothing there to fill in the gaps at any point. Like there's real they don't really give you a good sense of what's happened in between all that. So it just goes on strictly the emotion. Now the gap is even worse when you when you're talking like the talking from second and third part. Because that's like that's that, that's where the biggest gap happens. It's like eight years, mm -hmm. and a lot of people. Uh, and one review, one key review I read about Five Centimeters, is that it's sort of copped out in many respects because in like the whole the whole final part was just a music video and that, that attempted to fill in the blanks over the last eight years, and you don't get a you get a small sense, but you can't really appreciate it. Sort of like, um, sort of like when you see an old friend after all these years, and you try and fill in the details as to how life has been for them. I mean, I mean, I've, I've been going to more than a couple high school reunions lately, so uh, that's sort of. And this was sort of the feeling I got. I, I sort of had similar feelings when I caught up with uh, people I used to know in high school. But that's that. But people thought, you know, couldn't there have been more development in all of that? I understand what you're saying. Definitely. Like, um, it does seem like sort of a cop-out that instead of showing the gradual progression and changes that went in on with these two characters, the boy and the girl, it just sort of cuts it here mm -hmm. and there and shows just key moments so it enforces you to fill in the rest. And on top of all that, there's obviously a, a decline, especially for the boy. Yeah. I mean, he clearly becomes a hardened character as uh, over that, those eight years. You never got that sense of that in the first two parts. You certainly never got a sense it was coming. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Like the second part, remember he keeps well, he was on a using more... his cell phone and stuff like that. So they kind of hinted at it. Because remember, he's like doing the texting and doing all this stuff on his cell phone. He's like, I never realized. I kept on like trying to call and do all these things on my cell phone. Mm -hmm. and he was doing it to no one. I guess, I guess maybe that's part of having to fill in the blanks. And originally, it looked like he was just calling her or texting her. When in, and that might have been it. One way. Mm -hmm. You're thinking one way. Yeah, well, I think he, I thought he said that that he wasn't he wasn't actually calling her or doing anything at all. He just looked like he was doing that. Hmm. So there's that. I think the thing for Shinkai right now is yeah, get out of that comfort zone. Let's yeah. see him challenge himself with something else. That's what I'm hoping will happen. I hope he gets picked to be a director of a completely different project. Probably and something I've, he never wrote. Yeah, because uh, be good. Because that's the other side of it. He never wrote those. He wrote all three of his key, all three of his key, key titles. He's written. Yeah, I also want to see him work with someone else's character designs because his skill and talent uh, is in set design and not character design. And you probably hit something else on the something else that I noted in reviews. Everyone considered his designs fairly generic. They are fairly generic. I mean, I, I my eye won't be able to see it, and these glasses won't help me. But um, no, yeah, this is like. Yeah, every, like, what do you see? Like, what do you see? Because uh, my eye isn't that good. Like, how? Well, it's progressed quite a bit from Voices of a Distant Star, where the character characters were quite crude and often off model, but it's still just very generic is the word for it. There's nothing really that jumps out at you. And considering the beauty with which he's animated the settings that his characters live in, I think that there should be a distinctiveness to the characters as well to match it. Instead, it sort of seems like he's falling off the end. The characters kind of cops out. Yeah, they're it's another a cop, cop out. out, right? It's a, another cop out. Yeah, and, and that's something people kind of noted. And when you bring that, when I read that part, the only impre the impression I got was he's right because once again, we only I only remember the emotion. Yeah, I remember the story. I can't remember. What, uh, sometimes I can't remember how a character looked. I have trouble sometimes doing that. Mm -hmm. I that's certainly remember. Good. I certainly remember everything else looking lush. 
think yeah. that's a word we used in describing what the trailer of a couple of years ago. But that's about it. And probably because, and sometimes, you know, sometimes he cuts away from ever actually using the character, showing the characters. Yeah, it's no while. The, the, the whole conversation. It's all voiceovers. It's all voiceover, voiceover. But I mean, pan. In, in, some scene, in, some, in some scenes, it's very powerful, I guess. I mean, it, it really gets you. But I mean, it, ultimately, it would have it been nice to see them, you know. <laughs> it would have been nice to see them, uh, you know, animated, I guess. Yeah, so yeah, mm-hmm. I was like, okay, I, I get the idea. Um, let's go through a couple names. Let's go through a couple names and see how how we how we how different they each of them got. Um, Satoshi Khan, I guess we can go there. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, go through a couple works. There were all, all every single work or every work was had had uh, some differences, didn't, weren't, didn't they? I think so. Like he worked with the same basic character designs. I think he did his own character designs for all his movies, and they have the same basic look to them, but they're so skillfully done. And there's such a difference in the look between each individual character he designs that it's it's just like bang on. It's so impressive. Okay. So that's what I have to say about character yeah. With Khan, like I, they I did a TV two. series as well, which is a yeah, paranoia. Different, and, uh, paranoia agent is all, is noteworthy. Yeah, yeah. I haven't seen that. Was, he said it was a challenge compared to doing a movie because he had to keep on being on schedule and meet all these deadlines that weren't there in a movie. Yeah, I see it. Khan keeps pushing himself with each new movie he does, and it's exciting to watch him. Like each new movie is just better than the last. It's like he evolves with each one. With each yeah, movie. the one thing that comes out to me is their sto- is their storyline. Some can tend to be absolutely bizarre in a scary way with something like Perfect Blue yep. and maybe Paranoia Agent. Yeah. I mean, and then you end up with something like Millennium Actress, which totally is like, different. which is totally different, which is a dra- which is a complete drama, but told in a very very unique way. And you know, you, you, there's enough reviews on that. I don't really need to get into it. Um, and then like Tokyo Godfathers, mm-hmm. somewhere in between, I guess. Mm-hmm. I mean, c- certainly much different. C- certainly, no, certainly not close to Perfect Blue. And Paprika. So, paprika. I haven't seen Paprika yet. Oh, you yeah. should. You should. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's on sale. Uh, we'll check the uh, we'll check the um, stuff there later. Oh, yeah. Anyway, um, Miyazaki. I guess we have to use the big M here. Like, where do we go? Like, describe like. Go across some of his work, some of his works, because did they keep to a certain themes? Did they keep? Well, they kept to certain themes, but were they? How markedly different were they from each other, each and every one? Or what did he do? Are we I more at a loss here? I think it's hard to talk about Miyazaki because he's like, especially in less than like five God. minutes. <laughs> especially in less than five been, minutes, right? He's been put up on a pedestal almost as like. Oh yeah, we, we sort of you know we sort of talked about this in the like, past too. Like the idea that Miyazaki is like it's hard. Like even unfortunately, he's placed on well, not as much a pedestal, but there's always pressure on him now. Yeah. Every time he comes out with a movie, it's obviously going to be compared to the last. But he set the bar so high for himself that maybe he'll have trouble reaching that himself now. Mm-hmm. I think Miyazaki has certain themes and motifs he likes that show off in each movie, like the, the flying scene, the young girl, environmental themes. All these things show up again, but he uses them in really different ways for each movie that I, I don't get the same feeling that I do with uh, Shinkai, that he's just like rehashing with every movie. He certainly knows how to make use of the time in the s- different settings. He does. That's another thing about his works. Because the settings are always different. Yeah, I mean, they're constants, yes, but... I guess for Shinkai, though, you got to remember it's only his third work, and the other thing is the way he came up. His mm-hmm. first work, he didn't do the same where he worked his way through the process and, like, at 50, finally became a director and did all this stuff. Yeah. He's, like, in his, where is he, 20s, 30s now? He's in his 30s. And he just he's basically like, he's like appeared like on nowhere. 35 He just appeared on nowhere, decided to do it himself and just roll it out there. And mm-hmm. he was lucky enough to uh, catch some attention and work from there yeah, and get enough money to actually make a real movie when, out of it in uh, Place Promise. When and, you look at uh, his upbringing, his story is just interesting. Um, let me bring, like, one thing you have to note, and, like, when we reel off the other names, like Miyazaki, Khan, etc., you're talking about guys who are at the, at, at the very youngest in their late, fi- late 40s and pushing yeah. 50. When we talk about Shinkai, we talk about somebody who's in his 30s. One other name that seems to come up in the same breath as to up-and-coming directors is Manuro Hosada, Hosoda, who's the uh, director of the, A Girl Who Left Through Time. Oh, right. Mm-hmm. So, and, like, there's a whole history about him, but this is, like, Really, his first noteworthy work. His breakout work. Yeah, yeah. in many respects. Like, there's a long history about him, and like, 
that involve Digimon movies, actually, funny oh. enough. Okay. And um, our, our, my friend, uh, my friend Daryl Surratt uh, from AWO Constantly and the gang there at AWO Constantly note that was the only time Digimon was actually good. <laughs> <laughs> so, so well, I mean that might they say put something him in the about chair for a reason. Yeah, obviously they thought very well. Yeah, about Hosoda quite well. And I think he also had a, he also was originally working on a, on a Ghibli film somewhere along the line. There's a story behind that. Hmm. Uh, listen to one of the more recent episodes of, a, of Anime World Order. There's actually an interesting story uh, that w- they bring up in their actual review of a uh, girl who leapt through time. So, but I guess we, we'll just leave it at that. Um, He's untried. Give him ten years and let's see what he can do. I think you can say that. You, uh, well, you can certainly say that of, bo- of both Hosoda and Shinkai. Yeah. So they uh, they're untried. We'll be. I guess the thing for Shinkai is. Well, first of all, he's been put on a pedestal by the constant comparison already. When um, when labels constantly already compare him to Miyazaki, he doesn't like it, and you know, I can see why. Mm-hmm. I can see why, because you know, when people fi- do find those faults, just like they do in Miyazaki, there's a long way to go. There's a long way down. Yeah. So, um, let's see what his next works bring. I guess. Yeah, I agree with what what you with your assessment. Um, Take him out of his comfort zone, and we'll see what he's really made of. I think, I, I, and you know what? I don't think he'd fear that. Mm-hmm. So, anyway, um, that's that. I think we'll take the let's take the break. When we return, we'll talk a little bit about about the Animania documentary that aired on Omni TV back in May, back in April, and then we'll start going through uh, a couple bullets. That's coming up when the roundtable from Anime North continues on thecomicden.com. Yeah, the uh, cues missed up. Well, okay, so during the break, Norm decided to visit, (laughs) and he did, and and basically confirmed what we thought earlier. Yes, this was the first location of Yowie North. I remember this room well. We all remember it. Uh, Yeah, we remember it (laughs) because there was was a lot of yelling. There's some, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) You want to know where Yemo is for the video all night when that was happening? Yeah. Yeah. Where the hentai room is now. Okay, that's great. Yeah, so just a yeah, quick we gave it to, we gave it to some We gave it to some better people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That room was already messed up to begin with, so they deserved it. Oh, yeah, that's great. Some wonderful memories of Yama XX sprawled out, absolutely exhausted with Yaoi hardcore playing on the screen. Oh, I don't need to know the stories, you know. <laughs> Good times. Uh, I'm yeah, sure. the gas didn't work. Just mm-hmm. made them happier. Podcast now continues from Anime North in Toronto. Nicholas Austin... Uh, Jordan and Shamarki around the table, in front of a live audience and online via thecomicden.com. Oh, one thing I want to bring up. Um, okay, there, how many cosplayers do we have this year? Like, how many cosplayers? Okay, like I don't even know how to. No, no, let's not put it into numbers. <laughs> All right, I, I shouldn't have asked it like asking wow. for numbers. More so, like just your usual, just the usual high number, I guess, to this point. Yeah, I think it's about the same as it's always been. Yeah, and, so, and historically, it's always been a pretty good percentage. Yeah, what I maybe. Like some people um, rated among like top, like among. Maybe the, a quarter actually in full costume. That's actually pretty high. Half in sort of half costume, like a hat, pair of wings, slightly gothic Lolita stuff, and then the the rest of them just in nothing. I Even some of the guests are cosplaying. Yeah. yeah, we mentioned that with uh, Momoi-san. So yeah, there's a lot of people wearing like sort well, of half costumes. I don't know. Like I don't know if you would call that cosplay though, because it's more. What would I call it? Like, it's a style Su- almost. Yeah, yeah because style they, of You know what I mean? Yeah, because I know what you mean. It's Sunday wear. <laughs> but it was <laughs> funny when she told us uh, where she bought that though. Yeah, baby, I, I've heard that story though. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to think. It was Paradise Kiss or where I heard it, but I've heard it. Somewhere? Yeah. Okay. Okay. I probably shouldn't be going there, the thought, but I heard of it. The thought I wanted to bring up was, um, who saw the Animania documentary? Uh, who here saw the Animania documentary that aired on Omni, like, about a month ago? Yes, we yeah, all, we all, we all stayed it. up for 11 o'clock I, I, at night. Yeah. yeah well, it wasn't that, the best of places, it was, but yeah, I was it, there. One, one thing to do to watch before Letterman, or, or, if, if, or if the Daily Show was running on reruns. Um, actually, that, that was the English airing. The, a Japanese version of that same documentary aired a couple months before. And as 
some of you may know Animania, and we'll put a link again to the, to the site, uh, to the film's website. Animania was like a documentary taped here two years ago about anime fandom. Uh, about anime fandom, you know, in, generally speaking. But it would have been like, they focused in specifically on just one part of the fandom, specifically mm -hmm. the cosplaying part. Yeah, it follows the stories of several different cosplayers from um, planning their costumes, what their parents think of it, to actually getting up on the masquerade and having it all come together. Yeah, so it documents at least three, four different people? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. So it tells, uh, tells like, uh, an interesting story. Like, to its credit, uh, I thought, no, it's only sticking with one segment. This was the first reaction I had as I saw the documentary. But mm, talking with it with you, with James specifically, he said it was probably a good idea they just focused in on one thing because to, to try and cover all of uh, a wide range of different anime fandom would have been impossible to do in an hour. And actually, they're not even really getting anywhere in, the, in just focusing on cosplay in one hour. Mm -hmm. But they probably still at least told a story. I think the idea was, isn't to tell, you know, tell you about every single aspect of anime fandom. It was to tell a Their, story. Yeah. And it's a very, and when you think about it, it was a story that isn't much different from other stories you have heard uh, before. Yeah, I mean, it, it sounds a lot like those uh, MTV real life made kind of things they do, like the reality things where they sort crawl of. around it. I won't go that, like, my impression was it was a version of the generational gap. Yeah, I would say that that's the basic story behind it. Like, um, you talk to the parents, and I, one of the girls was um, Japanese, I think. One of the girls was, it was Chinese, and another was actually Japanese. Yeah, and they talked to her parents and what her parents thought of all of this. And, and another boy had, was in a Christian family, I think, mm -hmm. and so his mm -hmm. parents had quite a different view. Yeah, another was an Afro African-Canadian, we yeah. have to be politically correct. Yeah, which is like completely different views. And how, you know, how, how she's much different from a lot of her friends, mm -hmm. not forget her parents. But they were all like, uh, it, was, it was one of those generational gap things in the sense that, you know, the kids, the parents shrug their shoulders over it, but they're not necessarily against it. Mm -hmm. And they, because they know that they've gone through something like that before, and that it'll happen again and take some sort of manifestation, another generation down, their kids will have to deal with it as parents themselves. Mm -hmm. This is just one, uh, another version of that outlet. So, like, say 30 years ago, you had your, um, you had your hippie era, or 40, 40 years ago you had your hippie era, or your rock, or even a, a couple a decade before that as rock became as rock music became popular. Yeah. Um, living in the 80s and the nightclubs as they started to, and the discos and nightclubs in the 70s and 80s, you know, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Mm -hmm. The 90s had its own internet age. Uh, the internet age. Anime is kind of a culmination of the internet of the internet part of it, but well, it's it's another. It's no, another no, thing altogether. It's just another thing altogether. It's just another outlet for youth yeah. now. Like and a way of expressing youth as like a generation. This is something that is generally shared just among people of a certain generation. Yes. Yeah, so yeah, a good a good section of the of a generation. I mean, yeah. I mean, it's not a like it's not anime is not necessarily mainstream, but those who are in it are really dedicated to the art form. And I think they one other thing they juxtaposed all these stories about is, well, sometimes there's a stereotype that anime fans have no life and no future, et cetera, et cetera. What are they going to do? You know, they'll just be, you know, people as, as middle-agers sitting in, the in their parents' basement or whatever. But then you take a cross-section. They, in the juxtaposing all of, that, all of that story, you talk to people, anime fans who are also at, at Anime North in these same conventions, more often than not in costume, asking them, giving them the sense you know, you have a sense of how old they are and what do they do for a living. Mm -hmm. And you find out that a lot of them do have pretty much normal jobs, whether it be as computer, stereotypically computer programmers or, 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 or designers or even just being artists of some sort. Mm -hmm. or just, but you have a section that say, you know, yeah, we, we do other stuff in our lifetime, uh, in our lives. This isn't, I mean, with our regular life. This isn't our life. This is our hobby. This is something we really enjoy doing, and you know, we're here doing that. Mm -hmm. So that, that that I thought was kind of the interesting part, and I think that's that's probably the one, and probably sticking in in all that, sticking in those uh, set, those stories briefly amongst their main amongst the main the main ones they were focusing on, probably sold the story a lot better. 
Yeah. So, um, you know, Animania was an interesting thing. It's just, it's just a, too bad that um, it's just too bad that not that there isn't really a wide a wider look at it. It's it does tell. It's not groundbreaking in itself. I think it was their first attempt at a oh, documentary. No, well, to be fair, so I, I think, think it, and I think this group has done documentaries since Gorka Productions. I believe they were called Gorka. Yeah. Gorka Productions. Okay. And you know, you've met them. You've met a few of them, or you were. Um, aware they of contacted Yama, so I had contact with them. I mm. got a DVD copy of the DVD for Yama's library. So that's. So we have a so copy yeah. Our if you're in the area, come on by. Mm -hmm. um, so there's that, and it, it's nothing groundbreaking, but I think it just tries to tell, you know, just a, just a story about about a fam about families, about the anime about anime fans and their families, mm -hmm. and how they're reacting to it, and that. It isn't that hopeless. It isn't that bad at all, actually. So we're not all weirdos. Not all. No. <laughs> not, not all, all to uh, to the detriment of society, anyway. Yeah. We're all odd in some form. But that was a nice, that told a you know, as I said, it just told a nice story. Nothing groundbreaking. Kind of one of those things that if you can't like, okay, this is going to sound sound really cheesy, but if you have your if your parents are not convinced, if you're a kid out there. And you're trying to con at least have your parents get off your back over your anime hobby. This isn't a bad documentary to show them, or at least tell them these type of stories. This is, these are the types of stories that probably they should pay attention to. So make them and make them realize, no, but when you were a teenager, it probably wasn't that much different either. But there's the story. Anyway, um, bullets. I guess we should get to the bullets. So something for something for everyone here tonight. Are we just gonna get one bullet done? No, no, we have time. We have time. We have maybe about let's say ten minutes, ten to fifteen minutes for the bullet. So let's oh, you're do say a couple. Five hours. No, 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 nothing like that. And we're already running late. Okay, let's see. We're here till two a.m. anyway. So. Oh, yeah. uh, well, at the at the uh, at the yeah, apparently. Okay. Um, remember last episode, uh, James? We were talking about. What the Japanese felt were some of their like were the top ten favorite anime features mm -hmm. to them, and we ended up reading names like you know half the list was Miyazaki stuff. Um, the Eva movie ended up on that list. Girl, I think Girl Who Left Through Time was on it too. Yeah, and so did the Conan movies and Dora and the Doraemon movies. Mm -hmm. So on the note of what the Japanese think, and by the way, thank you, Enrico, because he's in here. Awesome. Um, on the topic of what the Japanese think, there, uh, there was a survey done by, uh, I forgot who, I forgot who did it. Uh, we'll put the link up. Dim Drive, oh, Dim's Drive, yeah, okay, Dim's Drive Research in Japan. Uh, they're Japanese, right? I believe so. Okay. <laughs> they did a survey as to the most emotional, what Japanese oh, perceived God, I know what as the most about. emotional manga. <laughs> and, uh, and what the Japanese, you know, the question was, what manga that you have read has made you cry? What do you think topped the list? Any Shonen Jump title because they continue on forever? <laughs> it is a Shonen Jump title. I can tell you that. that. I can tell you it was a Shonen Jump title. I helped the audience one. out a bit. Um, any, well, it was a Shonen Jump title. Actually, Stoasia titles are quite a bit on I know it already. You already know it? Yeah. Like, I mean, I, I, I read the top. I, I'm looking at the top 15 here. Anyone else want to try Fathom a Guess? Hey, let's give away a prize, if anyone could. At least number one. No, it wasn't Orange Road. No, it wasn't Orange Road. I'll give you, okay, let me give you, let me go from 15 to one, 15, and then we'll top it off with number one. Okay. Uh, Star of the Giants, number 15. Akachan no Tuboku. I don't know what that translates into. 14. That's, that's Baby and Me. It's a shoujo Baby. manga. Okay, thank you. Um, Fist of the North Star, 13. Fist of the North Star? <laughs> this is a hilarious Makes list. you cry? <laughs> They cried manly tears. That's so what they guarding. cried. I just have to cry. Okay, hope you're not admitting it, dude. <laughs> Nana. Okay, that's fine. Tenchi Nanka Janai. Oh, that's by Ayazawa as well. It means I'm not an angel. Oh, okay. So, I've heard that similar one. to Nana, I suppose. Okay. Um, Doraemon. 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 <laughs> <laughs> number, number nine, Seito Shokan. Ace O Nordari. Uh, which I guess that yeah, the, the tennis aim for the ace is the tennis, for the ace, the tennis manga. From manga. The 70s. Yeah, that's a popular one. Well, that one didn't surprise me. Barefoot Gen. Okay, yeah, that that's totally should be on there. And it's only number seven. Hey, lucky seven. <laughs> candy, candy, number six. Rosa Versailles, five. Tomorrow's Joe, four. Touch. I guess you can expect touch. There. All those are pretty much yeah. obvious. Then, then we then then here it gets interesting. Slam Dunk, number two. 
<laughs> slam dunk. How do we explain that one? Slam Sports dunk. Very emotional. <laughs> Sports manga, I guess, tend to do it. Okay. And number one, you know it, right? I know it. Yeah, go ahead. You can say it. One Piece. One Piece. One Piece. One Piece rate number one. A comedy about pirates. I mean, okay. I will grant. I will grant that I have seen at least half of the One Piece movie, and I, it had it, it had heart. It had some heart, but it was a movie. So, and oh, it wasn't a manga. Okay, so One Piece makes number one. I, what makes? You, okay, is there a manga out there that you've read that made you cry? And just like I gotta ask you guys. It's okay, we're all adults about it. Nobody here will make fun of you. James? I actually don't think so. <laughs> I the, mean, it's the anime that makes it. Yeah, yeah, nothing yeah. really. Like, I think the written material is quite different. I don't think there's anything really that's made me want to. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I mean, I think I walked away uh, really deep thinking, believe it or not, uh, how Marhomatic ended. Certainly, that was certainly put me in a deep thought. Uh, the manga, believe it or not. Mm-hmm. Actually, that, that's that's actually an interesting ending. Um, I enjoyed it Katsura. actually compared to the mo- to the anime. Yeah, Eyes and Video Girl I had it for me too at, at a point to an extent. So, so um, it's just that one piece just boggles me. Well, I mean, I'm pretty sure there's some emotion. No, you know, uh, yeah, and you know what? You know what? Emotion <laughs> we will never get because we are not I, Japanese. Yeah, we're not Japanese. And I think here's the other thing. Remember when we when we were talking about it? Um, we when we when Co- talking about the movies last episode. We talked about how um, Conan was on the list, and we really didn't understand that why it was on the list of features. I it's just that, it. okay, well, that many wouldn't understand it because, to the extent that it hasn't, like, it might be that po- all that in Japan, but it certainly hasn't been all that the, here. The same thing with mm-hmm. Doraemon, I guess. I mean, to a lesser extent, yeah, Doraemon, but he has, yeah, he, but he has uh, a certain cachet that's unique to himself. Itself. But I mean, how, how would that be considered sad? I mean, like, how would you? Oh yeah, okay. And on this list, yes. In terms of the other list, okay, I see it. I can see it a little better. Um, I guess for One Piece, like, even though the manga is coming out here, we're not has, even we're not even close. I guess. I mean, yeah, something must have happened in the manga right before that. Survey they killed came half out. the characters. Yeah, and and also I think once again, it's sometimes One Piece is not getting the type of cachet that's certainly gotten over the last decade or so in Japan. Yeah. So maybe that's why it's on the list. Who knows? Anyway, how much time we got? Uh, let's see. Should we do another bullet? Yeah, we got we got time for another bullet. Um. Okay. Uh, Is it the controversial? The one? controversial sculptor. You heard about this? Um. You heard about this, uh, Angela? A, te- no. a couple of Takeshi Murakami figures. Oh, a Takeshi Murakami figure selling for fifteen point one million dollars a couple weeks to an anonymous phone bidder. Yen or dollars? Uh, dollars. dollars. We're dollars. talking dollars. Remember, we're talking wow. dollars because remember, um, it it's a fire. It was a figure, and we'll we'll send a link, and uh, we'll put a link up, and Can I'm going to tell you. Can you describe it, like what it looks like? Yeah, we'll, I'll get you the truth. There are sets. It's be called. Good. It's a fiberglass figure called My Lonesome Cowboy. Oh, oh, oh! Okay, I know, know this one. Okay, <laughs> who knows what My Lonesome Cowboy wor- looks like? I do. Okay. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I will put a link up on the show notes. Just a warning in advance. It really isn't safe for work. No. Um. Let's see, uh, yeah. My Lonesome Cowboy is a figure that depicts a guy squirting. In a lasso. In, around. And it's going around him in a lasso. There's an accompan- on top of his head. Yeah. And as Simon uh, from the Icarus blog said, the uh, female version is much better. Uh, 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 yeah. I'm sorry, can, can you repeat that? Squirting inside of a lasso? Like, Except it's yeah, repressed. Well, just, he, he has, he has, the lasso is Yes, it's just, it's just like he, ha- he had been like masturbating himself and... <laughs> In case you're in this okay, and, okay, okay, and on radio, you have, and, okay, no, I, I, you have to see this picture to see it. And, and I'm, like I'm, I'm, like I'm circling over my head. You know, I'm to. waving my finger over my hand, head in a circle. That's basically what the visual. Yeah. What you're seeing. It has to be seen to be believed. It has to be seen to be believed. We'll give you a and picture. It's a sculpture. It's a sculpture. It's a sculpture yeah. that sold for 15.1 million dollars. I can see why. <laughs> Murakami probably will not see a single cent of this because I think this was in a personal collection. Okay. Yeah, it was. And on top of that, the, here's the punchline, and I think this was Simon's also. Um, it's probably appropriate that the winning bidder bidded by telephone anonymously. Because <laughs> I don't think they want themselves to be known. Oh, just to refresh, uh, Murakami was 
We the talked about him with the. We've talked about him in uh, like quite a yeah. bit. The whole yeah, super flat. Yeah, the whole bit. super flat thing. Mm -hmm. He's the leader of the super flat movement. Yeah, and I guess like, okay, how do we put the um, in the context of the whole super flat thing? The two figures in question. These two figures in question. Well, he's looking at anime figures in a sort of fine arts way because they're not really anime figures. They're like art pieces that look like anime figures. Yeah, that's the part of the explanation. Of so. And so the, he's commenting on the bizarreness of anime culture by and making this, this fascination big, this, with this certain crazy parts figure. Of it. And fascination with certain parts of it. And yeah. here it is. Here's uh, here's something kind of outrageous. There's yeah. a market for it. Yeah, and, and it's it, not and a mass-produced figure. It's like an original it's, piece of ours. There's yeah. Sculpture. There's there's a mass mass audience for it in more cruder forms. Mm -hmm. And you kind of and he I think he just puts into question. Yeah, by making this original sculpture that yeah. looks like an anime. Yeah, and art art isn't art asks questions. Art outrages sometimes to yeah. ask those questions, mm -hmm. and I think you, that's what you end up seeing with these figures. In that respect, he is successful. Yeah, he's, he's done it, and uh, too bad. Yeah, I think he deserves at least some of that fifteen point one million. I think he's made some a lot of that anyway. But mm. yeah, okay. Speaking on from the uh, from the uh, outrageous in a funny sense to the outrageous in a Scary sense. Um, Japanese cartoon offends Muslims. Uh, who heard about this one? Oh yeah, well Enrico heard about it because he sent me the link. Um, yeah, I was gonna <laughs> send you the link too, but Enrico. Okay, do it. all right. It's from a scene from JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. I'm gonna read this verbatim off the uh, uh, off the uh, what is it? The Japan Pro blog. Yeah, Japan. The it one was off I the sent Japan you was Pro. a different one. I okay. Can't uh, we'll regard it now, but I, I know we're going to talk about it a little bit more in the uh, tomorrow night as well, because I know Neil has gotten wind of this, so it's going to get more interesting. But let me just uh, quickly, um, I'll, we'll put the link up again, and I'll read this uh, entry verbatim. It's from JoJo's, uh, from a manga and an anime comparison of JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. The scene from JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, adapted from a comic strip published from 1987 to 2003, generated angry responses on more than 300 Arab and Islamic internet forums, with many accusing Japan of insulting the Koran. The scene depicts Muslims as terrorists. Kyoto cites, uh, what is it? Kyoto cites um, uh, a cleric who, you know, who obviously wasn't impressed. Um, but but Suesha just called it a simple mistake. The mistake was this. One of the villains was in the manga was reading a book as he was plotting out plotting out uh, some sort of uh, evil plan, plan, nefarious and plan. And I think they were in Egypt and they want something Arabic. Yeah, they want, that's what they said. Well, they want, and, and they were apparently, I guess, in Egypt. The thing is, when you looked at the book he was reading through, um, you can't really make out the text, what he was reading. Like, it was just script, it was just like faded lines. So you couldn't make out what, what, he, what the, the language the text was in. In the anime version of that scene, it turns out the text was Islamic text, was Arab text, and it turned out to be passages from the Quran. Oh. So I'm afraid, um, like, if we do, like, in some respects, this sounds a little bit like um, anime has found its own Denmark. You know the whole when when two years ago uh, a Danish paper. But they've been doing this for years yeah, with so. English and French and mm -hmm. all that, just taking random things. And unfortunately, they took the wrong thing. Yeah, they to, took the wrong uh, thing. Suesha quickly apologized and pulled every all the offending material, both manga and anime, away. I believe. So, uh, I hate to put Muhammad on the spot. Oh. Um, <laughs> Okay, well, I oh, mean, give me a thought. I, I mean, no, no, no. I, 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 I knew I was gonna get to this eventually, but um, no. When, when I, when you told me this, and I, and I heard about this, I thought, okay, well, I mean, Suisha did the right thing. I mean, it was obviously an accident, like they did it on purpose, like the whole Denmark thing, uh, and like they pulled it. That's all they can really do about it, right? I mean, mm -hmm. I know people are gonna argue that have their, you know, the right to do whatever they want to do and, yeah, and pick and, who they want. To buy. And you will note that in the Japan Pro Bar uh, comments in that article, a lot of people were talking about. Uh, how how they're letting things go? How free speech is being muffled here? And stuff. It's it's not even free speech. It's more like um, sensitivity towards certain religions, I guess. I mean, because of the time we live in now. Yeah. I mean, you, you don't want to go poking the bear with a stick, kind of thing. And that's. I mean, if, if they had done this and said, you know, we're right, you're wrong. I mean, we're not going to pull this. We're going to keep it the way it is. I mean, it might have turned into another Denmark. But it would intrigue me, though, how would these Islamic clerics feel about something like uh, Hugo the Negotiator from the Pakistan arc, where basically he's 
saying uh, things from the Quran and stuff from uh, Islam and stuff like that to prove to these, um, I can't remember, basically what happens, he's trying to rescue um, a kidnapped hostage and stuff like that from these uh, militants and stuff like that. And he's trying to prove to them that he's trustworthy and stuff like that. And he's I mean, basically using their religion for them to trust him and stuff like that. No, I... I but you, And I wonder if they would feel offended by that as no, well. No, I, I, and that's been out there for a while, no, too, I, as well. I mean... You know what I mean? No, I, I'm not no let, let, let Mohammed say <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> Give Mohammed a thought. Give Mohammed a thought, because we're going to... I, I hear what you're saying about the whole... Um, but, I mean, that, that that's using, you know, religion in a, in a light that everyone, you know, is okay with. I mean, like... If you use, say, I don't know, Judaism as like, you know, you made evil Jews, right, kind of thing, and they did evil Jewish things. Right? I mean, I'm pretty sure the Jewish community would be upset about that. Yeah, like and, an and evil Jewish get, anime where something evil happens. And that could ha and in this climate, that wouldn't work. That would uh, could spark something quite interesting in itself. I mean, that has happened actually. Yes, I wouldn't doubt it for one second. I, I know, I I just don't have time for it to hear the case. That's all. <laughs> anyway, but a thought. I mean, you're. I, Angela, you have a reaction just before we go on this one? Oh, I, just, I wish I could remember the name of it. Um, we might want to get close to the mic again. <laughs> mm. So, no, don't worry about it. Yeah, but, I, 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 uh, I mean, I thought we, we, we'd get uh, Mohammed's reaction on that. And I know for sure we're going to talk about this more at length tomorrow night. Oh, Angel Cop. Oh, Angel Cop. Angel Cop. That's something similar. horribly anti-Semitic. And they changed it for the American release by turning the evil... Jewish organization into something else. I uh -huh. think Russians or something. And you know what? <laughs> Wasn't there talk recently of Code Geass? People have been talking about that recently, and I, I, I haven't watched it, so I don't know the whole story behind why people are complaining about that, so I can't speak me, up. Me, I've been me, hearing me, a lot of things about Code Geass. About yeah, it. Is and like it Japanese nationalism and things. Something like that. That's yeah. what I've been hearing well, about as well. There you go. I'd say, I'd say with the, uh, I'd say, and when you mentioned Angel Cop, I remember hearing something like that, and you know where I heard it? AWO. AWO, that's yeah, where I got sorry. it from. <laughs> Okay, anyway, that's, uh, I guess we're through the bullets. We only have a couple minutes left. Let's take the break. Back with final insults in a couple seconds. Uh, you're, li you're listening to the roundtable from Anime North on thecomicden.com. A uh, quick reminder that if you're coming to Anime North on Saturday, some of the big highlights will be the Halko Momoi concert with the doors opening at 12.30 and the Masquerade at 5 p.m., both in the big ballroom upstairs in the Doubletree. And just a quick reminder that those are both subject to wristband policies. And, and if... Oh. And if you go to the concert, bring... Thinking about it, what was it? The bring glow sticks. Bring glow sticks. Thank They've you. been told to bring glow sticks and supposedly they're giving out flyers for what? The for the calls, yeah. There's a lesson. That's the thing on, I'll never there's understand. There's, there's going to be a lesson at 10 a.m. in the same ballroom, I believe, on how to act like a fan there. Just trust me on this one. So us crazy yeah, uh, Gaijin folk can uh, learn something. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> she seems charmed by everybody anyway. Still, except for you. She, she, has, she has an overall good impression of of North American fans. She just says it's not tight. They're somewhat laid back. Anyway, um, also, if you're into the the really twisted stuff. Um, the, e the Saturday evening will start off with our friend Dave, Dave Merrill and his annual Anime Hell Show. Uh, of course, uh, so of course, and you know that's always a big highlight of of the evening programming at Anime North. So that's one to certainly check out if, after the uh, masquerade. And of course, check your programs for full details or go to the Anime North website www.animenorth.com for a PDF of the full schedule. And, of course, we'll be here at the end of the day at 11 p.m. for another episode here in the Double Trees New York room for day two impressions and news. And don't forget that if you're going to come to Saturday's, Saturday night's podcast taping, Adam and Neil will be here likely having had a few. So remember to hide the kids. Really, remember to hide the kids. I think the alcohol <laughs> will help calm them down and make them mellow out. Especially the little girls. Um, if you have any comments... Concerning this episode... Are you talking about yourself, Mike, or what? If you have any comments concerning this episode, roundtable at thecomicden.com is our email address. www.animeroundtable.com is our website. And, of course, iTunes, Podcast Pickle, and Facebooks. We're always looking for comments. They're always encouraged. And you'll almost always get a response whether you want it or not. <laughs> yeah. um, time for final insults. Uh, who wants to go first? Oh, do you want me to go oh, first? Oh, Mohammed right, put okay. up his hand, I'll, so uh, he, he'll go. I'll, I'll make this quick. Um, and remember speaking again into the microphone. Can you hear me Thank now? You. 
Good. Okay. Oh, All right. <laughs> so um, yeah, um, I, I my title on the show is obviously I'm another I'm a fellow podcaster. Uh, I restarted a new podcast. Um, the first episode went up last week. The site's uh, Anon Podcast. It's A N O N Podcast. It's uh, an abbreviation for um, Anime Online. So check us out on iTunes, Podcast Pickle. All the rest should be coming, but it's anonpodcast.com. And there's also going to be a link on, off his old show, ATTO. So yeah, but I, this one, the ATTO has essentially been reworked, right? Yeah, it, we, we dropped the TV segment and made um, condensed the show into like a hardcore review. Like The whole show is based on one show. It's more like a review show. Mm-hmm. So give that a, give that a, give that a listen. Uh, give that a listen. Okay, um, who's next? Uh, James, you want to go next? I want to okay. save. I want to save Angela for second to last. So, okay. Um, well, I was out uh, by the Udon uh, booth, and I was uh, talking to Eric Ko and uh, talking about uh, Robot Number Five because no one has seen it in comic book stores or through Diamond. And he was telling me that it's coming in two weeks, that it was stuck in customs, and that he does apologize for that. The other one, hopefully, will get moving along. <laughs> He did say Apple, which is the Korean version, sort of, of Robot. I saw it. It's looking great. And he said it's going to be on time. I think it's end of May, I think end of June release for that. Mm-hmm. But um, overall, he said um, the Korean version is fine. You can actually uh, talk to the guy. The guy knows English, so they understand each other fine. But he said in regards to Robot, and I'm wondering if this is the problem DPM had, because they said uh, good luck in a funny sort of way to them, that basically um, DP, uh, the editor there, basically she doesn't know any English. And the English translator, his English is very suspect. So it sounds like they're babble fishing, not through the internet, literally, but babble fishing through people just to get things done, and it's taking a long time. They said things are getting done, but it's taking a long time. Yeah, so enjoy it. And the, then the, the, customs, the customs thing didn't help. <laughs> and it wasn't because of the content in Robot, because we all know the content yeah. is big. It was more of regular customs things. Thank you. We'll Please follow out. customs, or else they yeah. will hold your stuff. Angela, thanks. Right. thanks. Do you want me to talk about Jet? or Whatever you want to say. Okay. Um, well, I'm going to Japan next year. Well, this August for an entire year. Um, with the JET program, Japan Exchange and Teaching Program, so this is my last podcast here. I, I hope to be doing things through Skype or something else. I hope, yeah. Sending regular um, updates. Yeah, well, we're, we're, we, uh, we're, Angela and I are trying to work out something where at least uh, I'll have a conversation, like maybe at the very least I'll have a conversation with her on a regular basis. Yeah, it's we'll like a mini segment them or something. We'll put so them up often. online as part of the podcast. Yeah. So, you know, we're going to miss you around this table. Oh, I'm gonna miss this table. Well, not so, this table. Yeah, we're, we're gonna miss <laughs> it. And, and, and when you and when you return in a year, and when you return in a little over a year, I, it's gonna have probably a different, quite a different look. Yeah. At that point, it'll it's be fun. interesting because I'm not gonna be in Tokyo or anything. I'm yeah. in a, a a smaller city, uh, an hour and a half by bullet train north of Tokyo. So it'll be interesting to see what the whole Gaijin experience is like. Mm-hmm. And I guess it'll add to your experiences from what you depicted in your art exhibit uh, at the beginning yeah. of the year, too. It, yeah. It's going to be certainly a more full version. Hey, try try. Maybe you should think about doing a follow-up to that one day. It would be interesting now that you, after you spend a, a longer period. Yeah, I'm sure I'll have like all sorts of observations mm-hmm. I wouldn't have had before. Okay. So We'll miss you, though. And come back, when you, come back to around the table when you do. I will. Okay, thanks. Okay, mine is a little bit more... Um, well, let me just say this. If you looked in the Anime North program, one of the most amusing advertisements you'll see is one for um, one million. It was one for that was put out by Paradox Entertainment, who was a distributor for Jenny on here. Said that says goodbye, Jenny on, and don't forget to look us up. Look up. Look for your Jenny on gear at One Million Comics and Starstruck Entertainment. Fill in your the missing spots in your Jenny on collection. And I looked at that. And the prices there are pretty good. You can probably find single volumes there for $10 each. So if you want to do it, get an entire series, you can get Paranoia Agent probably for 40 bucks there. So um, there's deals to be had at these booths. So um, hey, the fire sale might be go- is going really well for Genion after all, and it's still going. Um, the in- uh, and uh, we're going to share some interesting thoughts on Genion actually tomorrow night too. So uh, keep that in mind. Anyway. Um, I guess, uh, oh yeah, and what else should we plug? Ah, we've plugged everything. 
especially your show, Mohammed. Oh, I have something to plug. Okay. There's a Here's Greenwood, a manga that from the 80s that's dear to my oh, heart. Oh, yes. They've uh, the out a live action drama, and the July. casting is exquisite. Yes, watch it. <laughs> I'm sure you'll get the chance to see the back half of it by the time you get there. Anyway, I guess that's it for tonight. Um, for everyone who's come to watch the show, thanks for coming out. Uh, hopefully this episode will be online before 6 a.m., so check your feeds and the website. And to everyone else who didn't make it, um, we're giving away Pocky tomorrow. He'll be here. Uh, enjoy Saturday, and we'll see you again at the end of it. Good night from Anime North. <laughs>